0: Hi friends and welcome to Slow the Heck Down the podcast where two friends in two different countries on two different continents get together for a chat.
1: Come with us as we navigate it all from embracing a slower way of life, simplifying our homes and diving into the nitty-gritty topics of everyday life. So sit back and relax, grab a tea if you're like Talia or a coffee if you're more like Amy and come along for the journey. Welcome to Slow the Heck Down. Hey everyone welcome back to another slow the heck down
0: podcast today we are delving into part two of our multi-level marketing experience and we're going to focus on some of the perceived cult-like aspects of multi-level marketing today because there is a lot of comparisons there but before we do I just want to give that a little disclaimer again So of course today we're going to be talking again about multi-level marketing and just as a brief copyright disclaimer that this is going to be covered under section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Now in this Act, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education and research. Fair use is a use that is permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Non-profit, educational or personal use tips the balance in favour of fair use. And of course, everything recorded and spoken here is for educational purposes only and to spread awareness of our personal experiences and opinions about multi-level marketing. Our opinions do not represent the company we partnered with or any other network marketing or multi-level marketing company. They are our experiences and they are not fact so with that out the way let's get on with the episode
1: you're on mute by the way <laughs> <laughs> me giving the best segue ever and then it being like you should unmute your fucking self thank you <laughs> um we are going to break down some of the other parts of multi-level marketing that don't always get spoken about So Amy, without further ado, Chiquita, take it away. Okay. So as I mentioned in our previous podcast,
0: there is this very strong link between multi-level marketing companies and cults. And there is a, I think he's a psychologist. I'm not sure correct me if I'm wrong anyone but his name is Dr Stephen Hassan and he is he was the person who invented the bite model of of authoritarian control and that relates to cults across the board right so whether it's like a religious cult or a commercial cult which is multi-level marketing and so there are lots of different things that are very worrying when you compare to the bike model how closely related they are to multi-level marketing how these cult-like activities and things relate to multi-level marketing it's worrying so and I'm going to share some of the things that that are very closely related to multi-level marketing in terms of cults and I think you'll be able to start seeing how terrifying it is to be honest, and how how much it is a cult-like philosophy within these multi-level marketing companies.
1: This will help you, if you are in one right now, to skip ahead seven steps that Amy and I had to go through and save you all the pain points. It will give you an opportunity to hear these things and think to yourself, that gut feeling I have, it might be real, because... Mm-hmm. When Amy and I got out and we literally got out and we were able to sit down and talk about it, a lot of the things we talked about were the things we're going to bring up right now. So one of the big ones for me was that they dictate who you get to talk to, what you get to do, what you get to intake in the world, and every little thing you do outside of their company while still staying inside their company. It makes me Nauseated because they dictate, oh, well, you can just hire who you want, build your own team, build your own company underneath us. You get to choose. They act like you have all this freedom while limiting you. Don't be watching TV. Don't be spending time with your family. You don't need to really be at the holidays, do you? You should be doing this instead. You don't need a vacation. You have to earn a vacation. And it was very much like, you don't need rest. You have to do this. And if people aren't in our team or their competition or somebody else is at another multi-level marketing company, Absolutely not. And then they would pull in things like, oh, if someone talks to you about how multi-level marketing works and about pyramid schemes, you better tell them those things aren't true. Those things don't exist. And here's the script for that. There was a script for everything. There were pictures for everything. There was, if you ever have a question posted in the group, 90 people worldwide will immediately type their life away to respond to you because- that's what works my husband would sit down and watch tv on a sunday night and i'd be like no like i have a meeting i can't come watch tv with you he's like you never want to do anything with me anymore i'm like "Ah, i have to do this like you know the constant segregation from the rest of the world was disgusting and the way that they pulled you away from those things and then guilted you into other things (laughs) I mean it
0: it's awful and it's funny because I think if anyone's listening to this and they're in a multi-level marketing company like if they're in too deep like people will defend like including us right people will defend their multi-level marketing company to the ends of the earth no mine is different no mine's not like that we're not like this but these these tactics that they use these little culty things they are so subtle that you don't even realize so this whole like like what what Talia just said about you know like dictating who you associate with it's it it's not like obvious in the sense of you shouldn't be associating with somebody not in this company but it's more subtle in the sense that it's like well you know, if somebody doesn't support you and doesn't support your dreams, then you need to cut them out of your life.
1: That and the whole idea behind the subtlety is the part that scares me the most. Because when you are struggling with something, if it smacks you in the face, you think about it longer and harder than if it just graces past you. So if this is just something that gives you an inkling or a little bit of a gut feeling or a little bit of like, I don't know about that. You move on quicker than if it literally hit you like a gosh darn dump truck. And I think once you get out, you have these constant feelings of like glass shattering in your brain. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Or like Amy and I, I sent Amy something not long ago on. On Pinterest or she sent me something and it was like, come check this out. Like what Pinterest does when you send a link. And I literally texted her back and I was like, Ugh. that gave me like <laughs> PTSD. Like, I don't want to check anything out. <laughs> but like the way that you are subtly pulled away from the things that make you, you, the things that make you individual, the things that make you yourself to be a robot for them yuck
0: yeah it's 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 awful and you know you just it's really difficult to see when you're in it so I can understand why people who like um in multi-level marketing come across like something anti-multi-level marketing and are like oh that person's just a hater they just you know
1: oh don't get me started on the hun and the haters (laughs) because you were either like a hey hun hey babe hey boss babe or it was like oh their haters block them out they don't understand your dream which I believe that concept nobody understands your dream but is your dream really working for a multi-billion dollar company or million dollar company where they bamboozle you and hustle you till the end of time and you make no money no Mm -hmm. let's move on to
0: number two girl Okay, so another thing. Now, this I don't know if this is prevalent in all multi-level marketing companies, but it was definitely something that it works does, and that is, so the the official cult tactic is about controlling what you wear, controlling your clothing, and so within um it works, they have like a range of like merch and stuff. So, lots of like what was it, called? black, green, and bling, wasn't it?
1: Black yeah black. and I had I had all the the ones for the greens because my gag while I was in is that my favorite color was green so this was supposed to be easy for me because I already like Amy can see everything around me is green oh God and the thing is have you ever thought of any of the really big cults in the world don't they all look the same? Mm -hmm. don't all the members look the same don't they all dress the same like these were the kinds of questions where once we got out I was like uh goodbye Mm, garbage no thank you because that feeling just those thoughts and questions I just asked you sat on my shoulders all the time yeah like I and millions of other people wore the exact same shirt in the exact same ironic way with the exact same sketchy intentions it's not like you know if Amy and I showed up today wearing the same hoodie like hey cute no no it was the intention behind it that was so uncomfortable it felt like some kkk bullshit like it felt like we were all wearing white coats just like, yeah. and so yeah I, and it
0: never really dawned on me as well and their merch was expensive like we were like the and money. Pit. Mm, we were like a money pit to them <laughs>
1: Yeah. And the thing is, we want—we were dying to fit in. We were dying to make sales. We were dying to be part of our family. The, you were two months in. And it was like, have you bought the whole line yet? We recommend you buy the whole line. Have you bought all the clothing yet? We recommend you buy that because you were a walking advertisement. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, yeah, so the the clothing thing I, that's not something that really dawned on me until afterwards as well and I did the same I stuck the whole lot in the bin so it's gone and and some of the stuff was like really comfortable and so like I had a moment where I was like oh there was this one like workout top I had and I was like I wonder if there's a way that I can like like I don't know with an iron or something like literally like steam can kind I of steam the logo off of it it's like... it was steamed on you think I could steam it off like, I mean... <laughs> uh, but in the end I just gave up and stuffed it in the bin but yeah so it it's worrying <laughs> it really is but another one um that I think is a big one as well is group indoctrination so that that definitely as I referred to in the previous podcast they have these like conventions they have like a big convention once a year and it is essentially like you know a big I don't know like a big cult gathering it's you know lots of um toxic positivity which is huge that's like actually another thing I've got on my um list so I will bring it up now because the, that's a whole other podcast toxic positivity is a whole other podcast so something they do a lot is um they try and get you to stop like your thought patterns right so no negative thinking you can't think negatively like and that's not normal right we are humans we have like a normal range of human emotion right sometimes we are super positive fine and dandy sometimes we feel a bit crap and we're negative and it's okay to
1: do that in the middle of all of that i had lost my great-grandmother And I remember I was beside myself because we were planning our wedding and Rose, almost said her real name, Rose told me, we're real sorry about that, but we need you to keep working. Mm -hmm. It was the utter disrespect and expectation of what you were meant to do. And the way like a death was something that was like, oh my God, we can't talk about that here. You're not allowed to be a human here. You work for us, or you would, or or they would encourage you to use it as part of your story. So, <gasps> oh my, yes, that became like, oh, we lost my grandmother, and we're trying to plan our wedding around these things, and we're trying to plan this, and we want to have a honeymoon, and now that this is ha- like, it was just everything became part of my story, and like, and now those things have built me from the ground up, and yeah, they're part of my story but I don't need to label it at every chance I get.
0: And you would have to do things like, it would be encouraged that, you know, you would use it like, um, you know, oh, you know, like my great grandma died, but I'm so grateful for this business because it means that I can, you know, I don't have to go to a nine to five job and I can take
1: time as I need. The way that it happened around the funeral, because it was in the winter and we were having a hard time driving and well, one of the worst storms we had that year, And the way it went was, well, in between the services, you could probably, you know, do a post. In between the services, you could probably send out a couple emails. Hey, while you're at the funeral, maybe you could ask some people if they've heard about the company. I mean, it's gross. It's so gross, isn't it? When you hear that, does that not make you sick? Uh I I, I mean, not you, obviously, but I mean, like when our listeners hear that, that makes me nauseated. Not only did they want me to push my own health out of the way, that's another one we're going to get into about disability. But the way they controlled those types of things, I'm excuse me, in the middle of my grandmother's funeral, I'm supposed to be on social media. Sorry, I'm trying to keep my shit together right now, not be on social media. But I did want to segue into that, the way that they manipulated you, especially me, the way that rose manipulated things was well if you don't want to go on to a disability program in your country why don't you try to make an extra 500 a month they would set a limit and make it sound really easy and then it would turn from okay let's go so i had these thoughts surrounding it and this intense like you're not disabled you're totally good to do all of this stuff and heaven forbid, you did go on those disability things. The thing people don't understand if they aren't on a disability program, I've never been, but I understood because I did want to go through the process at one point. And the way that they plan those things out is your disability program is the thing that gets you through the bare, 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 bare minimum. Okay? So if you were to... (laughs) Emotional... If you were to be on this program and any money were to be deposited into your bank account, the program wants you to come into the office to look at it, to evaluate if you still need the program. So could you imagine being on disability programs to help you with your appointments and all those things and your necessities and your bare, bare needs? And then you start this this MLM thing thinking, I'm going to make a better life for myself. That's what they're promising. And then you start doing that. And heaven forbid you did get a paycheck from your MLM company. Your disability is at risk. So then the MLM starts telling you, we're doing this because we want to help you get rid of that program so that you have unlimited potential. You have an unlimited amount of money you can make. So the thing is, I actually found a little bit of a community of my own through some of the other people that worked in the program that, you know, most of them were like mamas who wanted an extra $500. And I actually found a couple people that were disabled like me. And then when all this started happening, I started hearing people post on our group page, like they're taking away my benefits. And then... Rose was like, well, now we get to hustle harder, babe, let's go, you're gonna make a 1000 bucks next month, you're gonna make more than you ever could have had on that disability program. About a week later, I never heard from that girl again. I don't know what happened to her. She also got blocked. So I couldn't find her anywhere. I couldn't talk to her. She was completely eliminated, removed. And I don't even know if she is still in our world anymore like that is the scary reality of this i don't know if she's alive i don't know if she ever stayed on her disability if she made it if her disabilities took her like i have no idea what happened in her life and this is the reality of this i wanted to bring that up because it's serious and they were trying to do the same thing to me and i didn't even get on the program yeah, and, uh, you know, there were
0: multiple stories, I would say, in these group pages of people who were, like, talk, maybe talking to people on social media, and, like, one of their concerns would be, you know, I'm on a disability program, and, like, we should probably say that most of these people were based in the U.S., right? That was predominantly where the market was, and, I mean, I don't know anything about the disability program in the U.S. So
1: is Rose.
0: Rose is also in the U.S. yeah. And so, you know, they would say, you know, people would say like, yes, I would love to earn more money. But, you know, I am on a disability program. So, you know, I can I, even I don't know whether it was some people were allowed to they were allowed to earn a certain amount or or how it worked. But the general idea that people were coming back with was like, well, this could actually provide so much more money. So what they're doing is they're getting, they're encouraging people to jeopardize their disability program. Essentially, you know, it could be deemed that, well, you know, you earning this amount of money. So, and it's, it's only going to be a very small amount, right. That's going to see you sort of like tip over that, that upper boundary on a disability program. And so you know, they're not even earning enough
1: through, you that know, not, the they're not earning at all. That was the thing. It was already the vulnerability of one, I'm disabled. Two, I'm on a program that gives me not enough money. So of course I'm seeking more in the world. And then it became, if you're seeking more and you don't have enough and you're disabled, we can fix that. We've got a bandaid for that. And then you would get settled in and like I said that lady we have no idea what happened to her yeah no idea like she could be homeless and have no internet no connection to the world but also she must have thought oh my god this is going to jeopardize the only stability I have to deal with my health issues I don't need anything else she probably backed out and then the company just blocked her from them and then it's like um what just happened And it's so scary because the amount of jeopardizing and risking you have to do just to be in these programs, the amount of your emotions you have to put aside, the things you have to wear, the uncomfortable positions you have to put yourself in that are breaking outside your boundaries or stepping outside the box or, you know, outside your comfort zone how many of them does it take for you to be like, what the hell is going on here? And the worst part is a lot of times people in cults have no idea they're even in a cult. And that's why we're doing this episode because we survived this shit. Yeah. And
0: so, yeah, like, you know, the way they, I guess, encourage, like, you know, they're, they're encouraging people to take a risk because it will, not because it will benefit the person that's taking the risk, right? If somebody's on a disability program, as an example, these people are not thinking about, you know, oh, th- this is going to change this person's life. They're thinking about enrolling somebody into their team. Right. It's a very, uh, you know, prayer self- versus prey. Yeah. And it's very like a very selfish point of view because, you know, I'm enrolling this person because I want them on my team because I want to be successful. Like, sure. I want you to be successful too, but I am predominantly want to be successful. Right. It's just very predatory. It is actually that leads on quite well to, I know it does <laughs> to um something, something that's common in cults is like having this us versus them, like ideology. Yes which is very much like, you know, we, the ones in, you know, the multi-level marketing company versus those people who don't support us or don't want to join. It's very, they position it like it's us versus them. You know, we, we're the ones that are, you know, we're going to earn money. We'll work hard. I remember I remember this quote and it always sticks out in my mind I think I actually saw it on my um Facebook memories the other day I went on to Facebook and uh, Facebook memory <laughs> is so triggering <laughs> because it's got like it'll come up like seven years ago <laughs> you were posting shit about multi-level marketing but it was like it was this quote that was something like I will work something like I will work today like others won't so I can live today live
1: tomorrow
0: yeah others can't yeah something like that and I just I was just like that's that's really like multi-level marketing isn't it it's like pitching like I'm I'm doing this thing and I'm prepared to do this because my family are important like almost like nobody else's is right and it's just oh it's just
1: it's so funny too because you know me and I've actually been talking with you lately while we're doing work stuff for my business. And there's a lot of buzz going on in my business where we're like, I don't know how to do this. And you're looking at me going, you are absolutely not a marketing team. Like you are not good at this. And I'm like, I know, I don't know how to market myself. Even this morning, we were talking about like, how do I post an ad for Christmas? Like, I just yuck, like this isn't me. And you're like, we just kind of sat and were like, huh, oh, interesting, <laughs> like giggled <laughs> to ourselves because for years we were pushed to be people we weren't. And now we are so different from who we were then, not only because of the experience, but because that's who we always were. It was just suppressed because we were supposed to be that us versus them. We were supposed to be that person doesn't want to buy my stuff because they aren't good enough and they aren't going to be on the beach with us. And, in you know, they aren't going to be at Disney with us. (laughs) Ah, and then chime in 10 other girls that are sitting there going, yeah, no kidding. Like they don't know how, what it's like to work as hard as we do. And it's just like, are you kidding me? And then it it gives this mentality that there's only one way to do anything in life. And I disagree deeply with that as someone who has a disability, as someone who has health issues. I understand there are modifications and different versions of literally everything in the world to get almost the same result. And it is really demeaning. If there's a word I can use to describe this whole experience it's that all of this is demeaning. It rips you apart. It tears you down. It makes you question yourself. It makes you question other people. And it's insane because the people that didn't support my MLM stuff seem to have no problem supporting my art business, seem to have no problem supporting my want to be a a yoga teacher, have no problem supporting me being me. But they did have a problem supporting those things. And I just didn't see it before.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like I've already said as well it's so difficult for us to see it when we're in it and I something um I've come across as well since I left multi-level marketing which I still find like a really sticky point is I talk about multi-level marketing and how dreadful it is fairly frequently on my instagram page and i have in the past i I took some time off from actually talking about it because somebody made a video about me some mlm hun made a video about me and i was just like oh this is a lot but something that i find difficult so i think we should probably say I don't know if you feel the same way, but when you leave a multi-level marketing company and like you, un- and like we're going through now, like you understand all of these things that you have been part of that you didn't quite realize you were part of because that's a cult, right? And you, you don't really understand how extensive maybe that it's been. And so when you've been in it and you're out the other side, there's quite a lot to unpack so there's a lot of cringy moments there's a lot of triggering moments there's a lot of shame as to what you were part of there All are the
1: shame and the trauma and
0: so it's then le- it's the legitimate like the way you feel and something that like I was saying I find really sticky is sometimes when I've spoken about it and people say oh yeah I like I've never been part of a multi-level marketing company because I like I knew they were you know a pyramid scheme I knew they were bad blah 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 and it's really I know it sounds so mild right somebody's like yeah I I had the foresight to never do it and it's like
1: good for you kind of thing (laughs) it's kind of I feel that way about a lot of things especially as someone who has battled with addiction just because you don't drink or just because you don't have the addiction tendencies that I do, trigger warning for 14 seconds, doesn't mean that you're any better than me. Mm -hmm. Just because you have the ability to see ahead of the times and decide differently for your life doesn't mean that the fears and the anxiety and the stress I'm having surrounding it are any less valuable because I did experience it. Yeah, thank you. And also as well, like, Although I, you know,
0: if I got to do it again, I definitely wouldn't. I think that there is such a power in us being able to sit down and talk about it in this podcast, because, you know, firstly, it helps us unpack the things that have happened. But also, like, you know, when you've been through something, whether it be multi-level marketing, addiction, like you say, you know, anything, trauma, abuse, any any of these you know really deep topics if you've been through them then you have some insight and it's not like everybody's insight is going to be different you know two different people can have very different experiences but if you you know when you've been through it you are able to share your perspective and shed some light on it and hope that you can in this situation help somebody else you know maybe think twice about what they're part of, or
1: maybe you can prevent somebody out there from joining in the first place. That's the thing. I feel like this is just a quick thing I want to say before we wrap on to the next topic. But if I always think about the numbers game as something that stresses me out because I am such an analytical person, I think to myself, oh man, my Instagram's only at 600 and whatever followers. But if 600 people heard what I had to say. And if 600 people, 10 of those people thought twice about it, and two people actually made a decision to change their life because of it, I can wipe my hands clean knowing that I've made a difference in this world. And Amy and I don't plan to be like the top podcast in the world, although that'd be really fucking cool. (laughs) We do plan to have an impact on people based on our experiences because of how different we are as individuals, because of our experience that we've had together, and some of the things we've gone through together. So we wanted to break down a couple more things before we bring this podcast to a close. And heaven forbid, this might be a three-parter because we did promise you a deep dive. And now we're begging for oxygen way down here. So... (laughs) We are in the depths of the ocean, drowning away in this content, but it just feels so important to me. I want to make sure, and especially to Amy too, (laughs) I want to make sure that we are getting this out there, just like we said, sharing it with the people who are willing to listen and helping anybody else we can. all of the intention of everything Amy and I do on our Instagram, on our websites, here is always to help you guys find the information through our experiences and provoke you to do your own internal deep dives and find your own information through the experience. So we want to talk a little bit about the block delete baloney that they do where when you don't laugh, I'm trying to be serious, Amy. I'm (laughs) running a podcast here. Do you mind? (laughs) But the block and delete crap that they put you through where the second you disagree with anything that they have to say, they literally remove you from everything. They back you away from your group, your friends, your family, and it is all run by the higher up people in your quote unquote team. So Rose removed Amy, obviously, and Amy removed me when I backed out. And um, it's just... (laughs) up yours too, then. (laughs) Flip me off. (laughs) And it's just so funny the way that we joke now, but at the time it was very serious. And it's frustrating because you do end up having that experience of like, okay, well, I just spent all this time building each other up, all this positivity, we can do it, all this support. And now you are isolated and alone. Mm -hmm. So of course, what do you want to do? You want to go back to that. But we didn't because... The access that they give you to the members of the group and the cult prevent you from returning by being blocked and deleted and removed because you now are a hater. Yeah. You now bring the toxic positivity that, oh, my God, do you remember Amy? She backed out. We're not friends with Amy anymore. Uh-huh. We don't talk to Amy anymore. All of
0: these topics, all of these little cult-like things... They're so subtle that you don't see them at the time. It's impossible. And that's why I think, like, you can't really reach out to people who are in multi-level marketing unless they're ready to hear it, right? There already has to be that little crack in the armour. And it's interesting, I'm just thinking, like, as you're saying that as well, that do you think, like... to I know, like, we formed a friendship around that anyway, but a lot of what we spoke about was just about, like, the business stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. When we first started out, it was very much like there was two days to get to know each other where you asked me 9 million questions. And you, you were like, here's my team. You need to know Rose. You need to know this person. We're having a meeting at this time. You're part of our team. Let's go. And now I look at it as you were just doing what you were told to do, but I also kind of looked at it closer to when I quit. Like you were pulling me in, like you were roping me and you were doing some sketchy shit. Uh And now I I look at it in a place of like, okay, honestly, we're best friends, like (laughs) whatever. But at the same time, there was this like intense little like you're my connection I'm your connection and then we have to stay here this is what we're doing and whatever so as soon as there, just like for you and Rose as soon as there wasn't it works to talk about it was weird Mm -hmm. because so much of it was dedicated to what you could and couldn't talk about and what you could and could not do and some people who aren't in MLMs or maybe they are in MLMs are like it's not like that get out take a couple weeks and think about it because you will realize it really is. And it's so funny because what was it two months ago when we started all this prep for this podcast is when you and I started kind of giggling to ourselves, like we are getting to know each other better now, nine years in than we literally ever have, because now there's not all this business. I mean, we're still working together. Obviously we always have been on our own little things, but It's so much more of an actual friendship and connection in the last, like, five, six years, and especially in the last really little while, compared to what it was then, because there was this, we just talk about work. It was like, I'm sure Alex, my husband, and Ray, your husband, don't call their work buddies outside work to talk about anything other than work, because it just, I mean, sure, there might be, oh, yeah, your family, oh, yeah, that's great, oh, the kid's birthday, cool, but it's not like... (laughs) making a podcast talking about orgasms and planning our next haircut like it's just I'm getting emotional because I hate the way that we connected I hate the way all of this happened I hate the way that we had to like push each other apart and in my attempt to be the overly passionate person I am I was trying to protect you and you got so mad at me and not because you were actually mad but because you were just doing what you were told to do it scared the shit out of me because I know that there are so many people doing the same thing right now, being preyed on and then continuing to prey on other people and bring them in. And never in my friendship since then have I asked you to, you know, go into debt and come do this crazy, stupid thing with me. Like, there's no way that the things we did while we were in MLM, we would ever do to each other now.
0: No, no way.
1: And as well
0: it's really difficult because like all of these things like i'm sitting here while you're talking and i'm like nodding like that happened between us but at the same time we don't you don't realize then about these things and all of these like you know the things that you do and the things that you're told to do you're trained to do and you don't even realize like one step by step they take things from you and change the way you think you know like pushing toxic positivity on you removing the people around you who don't support you you know just everything becomes about this this multi level marketing company about this cult and what they're doing is slowly removing every every part of you or every person around you that that doesn't support you i mean like they would they would honestly
1: tell you to leave your husband if your husband didn't support you right they would tell you to ca- they did they did tell a lot of people that and the thing is as you were saying that just now you know what came to my mind this is a narcissistic abusive relationship mm mm-hmm. mhm That's exactly what that sounds like. It's the type of relationship that's abusive and narcissistic and controlling and isolating and manipulating and torturing. And did I say isolating enough? Like the way they rip you down to your very base model so that they can make you what you need to be for them
0: So guys, this conversation is so good and so deep and Talia and I have been raw, we have been real, it has been uncomfortable, it has been difficult, but we know that it is so important and we're not done yet. So this is actually going to be a three-parter, so tune in next week and we are going to be delving into some of the things that we have learned from our time in multi-level
1: marketing and where we're at now. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We hope that you will take some time today to slow down, find joy, and embrace the little moments. You can find Talia on Instagram at trulytalia with two A's on the end. And you can find Amy also on Instagram at lifeonplot44. Stay up to date on all things podcast at slowtheheckdownpod. We hope to see you next time when you choose to slow the heck down.